I'm not a pastor. I'm not anything even close to near to being that. I'm nothing but a child of God who's learning how to how to live in the kingdom of God. I have sinned and my sins are far too many to name or to number or to count or even to remember. I am anything but perfect. I don't even know what perfection looked like because quite honestly, I've never seen it. I am not making this recording to judge anyone or to claim that I know everything because quite honestly, I know nothing. My human brain has barely begun to comprehend this world, so really I know nothing. But for some strange reason, God has laid this in my spirit. And it has been tugging in my spirit and tugging in my spirit. And anybody who has ever had their, their spirit tugged on knows what I mean when I say that. That feeling in your gut that just won't leave you alone. And you try to say, nah, not me. I could never say that. I'm not qualified for that. I'm not. I'm, I don't know why God has given me this. I don't know why this thing has been in my spirit. I don't know why it won't leave me alone. But I feel obligated to make this recording, so I'm doing it. Lately, my spirit has really been talking to me about love. It really started with my husband and I examining the way we deal with each other and the way we deal with our marriage. And... Those moments of heated debate that sometimes turn out very ugly. And we have been trying to learn a new way of communicating with each other, a new way of understanding each other, a new way of being with each other. And we started to look at what it really means to love somebody. And God led us to Dr. Miles Monroe teaching on self-love. And that teaching opened up something in my mind and made me realize that I could never love my husband unless I learned how to love myself. I could never love my parents unless I learned how to love myself. I could never love my siblings. I could never love anybody in this world. I could never love even my own children unless I learned how to love myself. And... Quite honestly, as somebody who grew up in a two-parent household and as someone who was married to someone who grew up in a one-parent household, I have experienced both the benefits and the consequences of both of those models in one way or another. But something that I noticed that every single model of relationship have in common, whether it's a marriage or whether it's 
um, a friendship or a business relationship, something I noticed that every relationship have in common is we tend to treat people the way we treat ourselves. Whether consciously or unconsciously. Like if you look at anybody who is bitter towards the world, they're bitter and they're mean and they're nasty towards the way they treat other people. If you examine them closely, I don't care how well-dressed they are and how much money they're buried in. If you examine them closely, there's always a trail of self-hate and self-sabotage and self-demising. Whether it's the way that they talk to themselves or the way they talk about themselves or the way they talk about their giftings or their lack of belief in themselves or the way that they eat. Like just even examining the way that we eat, we will examine the way we treat ourselves. Like if, if you just look at that one thing, the way that you eat, because if you really believe that your body was a temple and you need that temple to live in this world, like you cannot exist in this world if you don't have a, a temple, preferably, preferably a temple that's in excellent working condition, but nonetheless a temple like I mean, think about it. Like, let's, let's use the example of, of a car. Like, you need a car to get to work. Really, you need transportation to get to work. It doesn't have to be a car. Whether it's public transportation or private transportation, point is you need transportation to get to wherever you got to go. And if the transportation ceases to exist, then how will you get to where you got to go? I mean, sure, you can say I walk, but if your body is the transportation that you need to get to wherever it is that you got to go in life and your body is not functioning. Just like with a car, you got to change the oil, you need to you need to clean the, the, the engine fuel and you need to filter the air and all that stuff. Like if you got to do all that stuff for a car, how much more you got to do for your body? And and when you look at the way some of us eat. And I'm including myself in that because at times I don't make the best eating decisions, but God has been dealing with me about that. If we look at the way that we eat and some of the stuff that we put in our bodies. Our lack of motivation to exercise and to meditate, our lack of motivation. Sometimes for some people to even get up and wash their face and brush their teeth and take a shower. Like. If we just look at the way that we, like, if we just examine the way that we treat ourselves, then we will always, almost always, ain't no almost, you will always find some way or another how you can improve on being a better person to yourself. And we live in a culture where the message that's constantly thrown at us, that's bombarded us, is love, 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 love. But who do we tell to love? We tell to love everybody else. You don't agree with somebody's lifestyle? Love them anyway. You don't agree with the way somebody, you don't agree with the way somebody is? Love them anyway. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love, 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 love. Like we got a whole culture fascin like fascinated on love, but hasn't spoken the truth of what love is. 
Like everybody say, love your neighbor as yourself, putting emphasis on loving your neighbor. But the prerequisite for loving your neighbor is to first love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love your neighbor? How can you love your neighbor if you don't know how to love yourself? And we live in a culture that's constantly bombarding us with loving our neighbor without teaching us how to love ourselves. So then the question is, how do we love ourselves? In order for you to love yourself, I believe that you first have to understand who you are. Because if you, if you, you can't have compassion for anything you don't understand. So how are you going to have compassion for your flaws if you don't even understand your flaws? How are you going to be graceful with yourself if you don't even understand what you're struggling with? A lot of us, if we take time to sit down and meditate. And when I say meditate, sit down and reflect on ourselves. Let the thoughts come because many people cannot sit with themselves. Many people cannot sit in a like they don't like quiet. They can't sit in a quiet place. They don't like quiet place. Something always, always have to be happening. Either they always have to be talking or they always got to be listening to something or they always got to be around noise. Because they can't deal with their own thoughts because they get overwhelmed by their emotions. And when they get overwhelmed by their emotions, they don't know how to cope. But if you can break past that layer of. emotions that overwhelm you if you can sit down and feel those emotions and allow yourself to feel the pain and the joy of those emotions sooner or later you get to a place where you learn where where you learn how to listen to your own thoughts because for a change you will be able to hear yourself think and when you hear yourself think you will learn how to decipher your thoughts and what thoughts to entertain and what thoughts not to entertain And when you sit down and listen to yourself, like we're, we, we become really masterful at asking other people questions. But if we learn how to ask our own self questions, questions like, how do I feel today? What's happening with me in this moment? Why do I feel so angry right now? What is it about that person's tone of voice that pisses me off? Why did the way that person look at me make me feel some type of way? What was it about that person comment that got me feeling insecure? Like if we learn how to ask ourselves the right questions, ourself will always give us the answer if we sit down and listen for it. And, and, and when you sit down and ask yourself questions and you listen to the answer that yourself give you, instantly you will know how to fix your problem. And I'm not saying the solution is going to come instantly. I'm not saying the cure will happen instantly. I'm not saying that you'll stop feeling pain instantly. But instantly yourself will give you the answer in one way or another. And and sometimes the answer will be buried so deep because the trauma on top of the answer, the, the trauma that's suppressing the answer is so heavy. That sometimes you got to sit down and listen a little bit longer. But nonetheless, when you sit down and you listen to yourself and yourself give you the answer. You learn how to 
how to have grace and how to have compassion for yourself. You learn how to understand yourself. Because you can't have compassion for nothing you don't understand. And once you start to have compassion, you learn how to appreciate those, those things about yourself, good and bad, good and bad. And love always follow gratitude. Because when you learn how to appreciate your strengths and your weakness, you learn how to love them. And wherever there's love, there's honesty. So when you learn how to love yourself, you learn how to be honest with yourself. You learn how to look yourself in the mirror and hold yourself accountable. When we learn how to do those things with ourselves, then we learn how to do it with other people. But see, in culture, it's, it's the opposite way. We're always trying to hold other people accountable. Yesterday, I forgot who, what it was I was listening to. I, I, I think, I'm not, I'm not sure, I don't remember, but I think it was E.T., I think I think it was ET because I listen to so much stuff on a daily basis to to recondition my mind in the way I think that sometimes I lose track of who the speaker was. But I I always lock in what it was that they said. But I almost I'm almost certain that this came from ET. He he was being interviewed by somebody and he said um, that. When we when we as human beings. Sit here and, and hold somebody else accountable. Like we sit here and say to somebody, man, how you going to show up late for picking me up and this and this? I sat around and waited for you and blah, blah, blah. Like we get angry at somebody for showing up late for picking us up. But do we get angry with ourselves when we when we show up late for ourselves? Like you got an interview and you show up late. Do you get angry at yourself? Or do you sit there and make excuses? Oh, my God, man, the bus was late and traffic was heavy and this person on the highway and this and this and this person and somebody in my family. Died. Like, do we sit here and hold ourselves accountable as much as we hold other people accountable? Like, do we get nearly as upset with ourselves for not showing up for ourselves like we do with other people for not showing up for us? Like, we get angry with other people for not showing up for us. But do we get angry with ourselves for not, like, do we get angry with ourselves for not doing what we know we're supposed to do? We'll get angry real quick with somebody else for not doing what they said they were going to do. But do we get angry with ourselves for not doing what we said we're going to do? I can tell you that for myself. Like, I, I can tell you stories after stories where I got angry with somebody else for not showing up for me. And I can also tell you story after story where I failed myself, where I didn't show up for myself, where I knew what I was capable of, and yet I gave less than my best. Yet I did less than what I was capable of doing. I can tell you stories after stories where I, where I sabotaged my own opportunities because I didn't feel worthy enough, because I didn't feel like I was good enough, like... And some opportunities are once in a lifetime, so you don't get them back. And even with that, sometimes I found a way to get them back, only to ruin them again. Only to give up on myself again. I could tell you stories after stories where I didn't show up for myself. And not one time did I sit down 
and counsel myself. Not one time did I sit down and discipline myself the way that I, that I, that I wanted to discipline other people. Like sometimes I was so angry with people for not showing up for me that I could have literally physically fought them. Like literally I felt like giving them a whooping for not showing up for me. But I don't, there's very few moments in my life where I could sit down and say, like I gave myself a whooping for not showing up for me. And the truth is, that's most of us. That's most of us. The discipline that we enforce in other people, we don't, we don't enforce in ourselves. Like I heard, it, I, was, I heard it said that some people can't wait until the moment that they become a parent just so that they can have somebody to listen to them. Just so they can have somebody to enforce their discipline on. Just so they can have somebody to do exactly what they tell them to do, when they tell them to do it, and how they tell them to do it. And the moment they don't do it the way they tell them to do it, then they unleash their wrath. Well, let me ask you a question. When have you, when have you unleashed your wrath on yourself for not showing up for you? Like if we spend half as, half, half as much time unleashing wrath on ourselves for not doing what we're, what we're capable of doing, for doing less than what we're able to do, for doing less than our best. If we spend half as much time unleashing wrath on ourselves for that as we do unleashing wrath on other people, you know how much better our lives would be? Like, I believe that, I, I sincerely believe in my heart that if every person learned how to govern themselves, we wouldn't have a need for a government. If every person learned how to govern themselves, we wouldn't have a need for a government. So this is why the society we live in is constantly trying to make us infants, infants in the mind. Where we're dependent, where we're codependent on society, where we're codependent on society and not God. Where we're codependent on the government. Because you let me let me tell you something. I have spent the last 10 years of my life working in marketing. And any single marketer, I don't care, any single marketer. You go to any, any Fortune 100 company, every, any Fortune 500 company, you go to any small business owner, any person who knows anything about marketing, you go to a drug dealer and they will tell you that if you want to be in business forever, make the people you serve become dependent on you. And the government know that. And this is why... We live in a society where they're constantly trying to make us dependent on them. You want to know why? Because if you're not dependent on them, then what is the need for them? What is the need for them? If there's no need for the product or service that you sell, then how are you going to survive? Even a drug dealer can tell you that. And I'm being as honest as I possibly can. So if we as individuals learn how to govern ourselves, we won't have a need for a government. And I'm, listen, I'm not promoting overthrowing the government. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
Cause I don't want this recording to get deleted because the government think I'm trying to five vote them. Like, no, that's not that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm promoting. What I'm saying is, if we learn how to enforce discipline on ourselves, like we do on other people, then our lives will be different. Our lives will be so much different. Like, like we get over and over again, I'll hear this stupid argument being made about, well, if God really exists, then why is there evil in the world? Why are some people good and why are some people bad? Let me ask you a question. If you are a parent and you don't discipline your children, Would you call yourself a good parent or a bad parent? And I don't mean because some people think that discipline just means a whooping. A whooping is the lowest form of discipline there is. You want to know why it's the lowest form of discipline there is? Because it don't require no effort. It don't require no thought. All it requires is anger and anything you choose to express that anger on. But to sit down and to discipline your children with words, that takes so much thought and self-control that most people don't have it. And so we live in a society where we want to make decisions. Like, like, like we're constantly... Like, if you live in America, you have at least heard this one time. It's my constitutional right to have freedom of speech. Freedom is my constitutional right. Let me tell you something. In the kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, freedom is your constitutional right as well. That is your constitutional right. Freedom. In the kingdom of heaven, freedom is your constitutional right. Freedom to make decisions the way that you want to make decisions. But let me tell you what's also in the kingdom of heaven. God right to enforce discipline when you don't do his will. And whenever we see or experience any form of pain. Sometimes we're quick to call it evil. But if we go back and look at the decisions we made. And we really examine those decisions. You will always find a trail that led to that pain. You will always find the source of that pain. And that's if you want to be honest with yourself. That's if you want to be honest with yourself. But see, most people, like I said in the beginning of this, they, they, don't, they don't have the capacity within themselves to be honest with themselves because they don't love themselves. And I'm including me in that because there were I can point out moments after moments in my life where I didn't have the capacity to be honest with myself about why I was going through certain things. I didn't have the capacity in myself to admit the stupid decisions I was making. But when you learn how to love yourself, you learn how to look in the mirror, you learn how to be honest with yourself. And let me tell you something. Ain't no better feeling in the world than being able to look yourself in the mirror. And tell yourself the truth. 
Ain't no better feeling in the world than to be able to talk to yourself and to counsel yourself. And to have real hard-to-hard conversations with yourself. Ain't no deeper conversation than that. Ain't no deeper conversation than being able to, 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 to tell yourself, Self, you messed up today. And you know why you messed up? Because you felt insecure. You know why you felt insecure? Because when you were a little girl, this, this, and this, and this. And you have been carrying that pain in you ever since. And if you don't lay down that burden, it's going to sabotage everything you've been working for. Let it go. Like, when you learn how to have them type of conversations with yourself, your life changes. Your perspective about the world changes. And all of a sudden, everybody else not the problem. You learn how to look within for the problem. Because when you look within, you always find the hand of God. You always find the mercy of God. You always find the unexplainable miracles of God. You always find it. You want to know why? Because despite your flaws, despite your mess up, despite their lies, despite all your sins, you're still living, you're still breathing. You still have opportunities. And some people might say they don't have opportunities. But the reality of it is not that they don't have opportunities. The fact is they can't see the opportunities around them because they're blinded. They're blinded by their own complaints. They're blinded by their own nagging. They're blinded by their own lack of gratitude. When you learn how to exercise gratitude, you get a new pair of eyes to see things in a way that you have never and will never ever see them unless you exercise gratitude. Something in your life changes when you learn how to love yourself. Something in your world changes when you learn how to love yourself. And I can't explain it. You just got to experience it. So my challenge to you today is sit down with yourself and feel your emotions. Listen to your thoughts. Allow yourself to be overwhelmed by the pain, but also allow yourself to be overwhelmed by the joy. And when you get past that first layer, there's a deeper layer. There's a deeper layer that you will never experience unless you get past that first layer. And once you get past that first layer, trust me, you will never want to go back to the way it used to be. You will never want to go back to the you that you are now. Because the you that you're capable of being... The you that's within you is greater than anything you will ever dream or imagine. It's greater than anything that even you'll be living in certain moments. And have to pinch yourself because you'll be like, this just is not real. It's no way possible this moment is real. It's no way. Listen, this last summer, my husband and I had the opportunity to go to go visit Niagara Falls and to have lunch in the Skyline Tower. And let me tell you, I kept pinching myself in that Skyline Tower. I kept pinching myself. Like, I wanted to jump into Niagara Falls and just stay there. It was so beautiful. 
And and when I was standing looking at the skyline, when I was standing there looking at, at Niagara Falls from 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 floor level, I thought it was beautiful. And my husband and I had reservations for Skyline Tower, but we we were hungry. We're like, man, I don't know. I can't wait. Let's. And my husband's like, let's just go right here to the steakhouse. We went to the steakhouse and and I asked for a seat at the window so I can see Niagara Falls. And they like put me behind somebody else who was looking at a window and there was a table open right there. And I asked the waiter to move me. I was willing to pay extra for it. And she said, oh, no, sorry, we can't move you. I told that lady, ma'am, I'm going to pay for this lemonade and I'm going to leave. And I waited for my reservations to Skyline Tower. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I almost sacrificed one of the greatest things I've ever seen for mediocre, for a mediocre view. Because when I got up in that Skyline Tower, I did not want to leave. Let me tell you, dessert was over and the lady literally had to say to me, ma'am, there's an observation area that you can go there and observe as long as you want to leave and we will not put you out. As long as we're open, you can stay. Because the view was so beautiful. It was so breathtaking. It Like, I can close my eyes and see that view. And I will never forget it for as long as I live. I took a lot of photos and videos that day, but I also spent even more time just standing there looking and breathing and taking it in and taking as many mental photos as I could possibly take so I could never forget it. And I had to pinch myself so much in that moment. Like, God, ain't no way in the world this is this beautiful. Ain't no way in the world that I'm standing here right now looking at one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, God. Your creation is greater than anything I could have ever imagined or dreamed of, God. Your ability to create, God, you are, you ain't no Picassos when it compared to you, God. When it comes to you, ain't, ain't no Picassos in the world that can paint a picture more beautiful than you, God. And I'm telling you, that's what your life could be like. If you learn how to love yourself. When you learn how to love yourself, because you are worthy of being loved, my dear. You are worthy of being loved. And ain't nobody in this world can love you better than you can love yourself. And you will never be able to love anyone in this world. I don't care how many times you tell them you love them. You will never be able to love anyone until you learn how to love yourself.